What's happening guys? Aloha! I am Vagabond and it's been a little while. I've been pretty busy and I suppose you've been busy too because that's the kind of world we live in. But here we are, back together again. I'm here in Hawaii. Hopefully you will be too sometime. Today we're going to talk about Hawaii, but we're going to talk about the broader world at the same time. And what I want you to think about is the fact that when you look at yourself in the mirror every day, you don't really notice that you've changed, you know, so significantly. You know, you, you, you still sort of think of yourself as being that 15-year-old, 16-year-old, 18, 20, 25, 28, 30, 35, 38, 40. You get the picture. But if you were to go and not look in the mirror for 25 years and then look at yourself, you would be shocked at the changes that had happened to you and that you hadn't even noticed. The, the wrinkles, the changes in your skin, the changes in your color and your hair and everything. And the same is true of our society. When we look at the world, sometimes it's like we're looking in the mirror every day and we just don't get the chance to notice how much it's changed and how rapidly it's changed. But I'm telling you, man, it has changed so much, so quickly, and it's changing even faster right now. The changes that are happening right now are going to take place in the next three to five years, and frankly, if we weren't living it, we wouldn't recognize it. So right now, if you're to drive through Waikiki, you'd see a bunch of folks out there protesting. These are the people that work in hotels. They work in the hotels as, you know, the the room service and the cleaners and the, the desk clerks and the bartenders and the waiters and the servers and the janitors and the maintenance guys. All of these people are protesting right now because they are caught up in the midst of this change and it's affecting their lives, just like it's going to affect yours soon. Now, what's happened with them is, well, it's what's happening to the whole world, essentially. And the idea is automation on one hand and profit taking at the expense of people on the other. I want to tell you a little story. 35, 40 years ago, Hawaii was an agricultural place. It's hard to think of it today as not being a touristic place, a place of tourism 100% all the time, every day. But honestly, tourism was a sideline for Hawaii 40 years ago. The main industry was sugarcane production, and sugar was king. We say that because sugar had more power than the king, even when Hawaii was a monarchy. But sugar's power started getting curtailed a little bit. And what happened was environmental regulations, water use rights, uh, as well as labor costs, all of these things started changing. The cost of labor in the U.S. went up quite a bit. Environmental regulations made it more expensive to do business. And sometime in the late 80s and 1990s, sugar looked at Hawaii and said, you know what, this is great but we can grow sugar a lot cheaper in the Philippines, in Mexico, in Brazil. We can start growing sugar beets in Michigan, all the way down into Florida and Texas, and there's plenty of places we can grow sugar that don't have the same regulations and we don't have to ship it as far. And that's what they did. So, virtually overnight, in a period of about 10 years, the entire industry that this island had depended on, this island and these islands, had depended on for 100 years, packed up and left. Now the number two industry 
number two source of jobs in the Hawaiian economy at that time was military support for the bases that exist here. It's not just Pearl Harbor. There's Hickam, there's Wheeler, both Air Force bases. There's uh, also Bellows Field, another Air Force installation, Marine Corps Base Kaneohe, Schofield Barracks. Uh, the list goes on and on. Coast Guard stations at Iroquois Point, other naval stations. Uh, Hawaii has tons of bases. At any given time, there's upwards of 250,000 military personnel here. And providing the services that they need, as well as the restaurants, the clothing, the recreation needs, uh, the housing, the maintenance, all that stuff provides a lot of jobs. But when agriculture packed up and left, it wasn't like the Hawaiians could say, hey, we're going to replace those, you know, 500,000 sugar jobs, or however many it was. It was a lot, probably not that many. But there were at least that many people that relied on sugar. So we're going to replace all those jobs with military jobs. They just couldn't do it. So they looked at number three. Number three was state and local government jobs as well as federal government jobs. And they found sort of the same thing. They could increase those jobs a little bit and they did as much as they could, but not by much. So they had to go to number four and number four was tourism. Tourism was the fourth sector in the economy and it was the only sector that they could expand on a huge scale so that's what they did they focused on tourism tourism has been the bread and butter of hawaii and barring some big natural disaster or a terrorist attack like september 11th which devastated these islands as well as hurricane aniki on september 11th 1992 um those events did horrible damage to the tourist economy on these islands and similar events in the future will do the same. Now in addition, sugar jobs, agriculture jobs, and processing jobs were essentially family wage jobs, which means that dad or mom could go to work, earn a living, buy a house, put their kids through college, have a nice life, retire, have a pension, and that was that. Tourism jobs do not offer that. They never have and they never will. What tourism jobs offer is generally minimum wage, minimum benefits, and employers who are constantly seeking to cut their bottom line so that they can make more profit for their shareholders who don't even live here in the islands, generally. So, back to Waikiki. What do we have there? We have workers who generally earn minimum wage or minimum union wage if they're represented by a union and whose hours have been cut and cut and cut again. The employers have used something called greenwashing, which sounds great when you read about it in your hotel room. They say, hey, please opt out of having your hotel room cleaned every day so that we can help to preserve the environment. We'll clean your room once or twice during your stay instead of every day, and we'll wash your towels when they need to be washed. Well, what this has done is saved the hotels a lot of money in paying those housekeepers. So they've cut the housekeepers' wages, and in some cases they've just cut the housekeepers. And the same sorts of processes have been used all over the place. Now all of these jobs, a lot of them rely on tipping, and tipping is not mandatory, and uh, a lot of them are part-time because they'll hire twice the number of people that they need and hire each of them on a part-time basis because our state law says if you work less than 20 hours a week, you're not entitled to health insurance or benefits. So it makes sense as an employer to have twice the number of part-time employees as you know, half the number of full-time that you have to pay benefits for. So that's, that's the one hand. And then we've got the future that's changing all around us. Just like sugar was disrupted and disappeared from the Hawaiian Islands, 
Uh, there's a lot of other jobs that are being disrupted and disappearing right now as we speak. Now, everybody knows that Uber has, you know, displaced a lot of taxi drivers. And, you know, that's the way it goes. Sure, those drivers can go drive for Uber, but Uber is actually automating. Uber is at the forefront of developing self-driving cars. And when they do develop those self-driving cars and get them approved, guess what's going to happen to all those people that have moved to Uber driving to support themselves? That's right. They'll have to move somewhere else and do something else. Now, back to the hotels. Automation has not just moved into McDonald's, because I'm sure you've seen those screens. Aren't they great? You go into McDonald's, you don't have to rush, you have nobody standing behind you. You can just order what you want, all the options that you want, and then you just wait for them to bring it to your table or call out your number. Yeah, well, that's gotten rid of a lot of people that used to work at the front counters. And it's not just there that the automation is happening. The fry cooks are being automated. The burger flippers are being automated. The drive-through girl is being automated. A lot of McDonald's is being automated. And when you go to these hotels, room service is being replaced in some of them with robots. Robots, that little robot that they put the food on or they put on whatever you ordered and it brings it up to your room. It uh, calls you on your phone, open the door, you paid for it with your thing. No need for a person, no need for an employee. You buy one robot and you don't have to pay it again. Maybe you have to pay some maintenance. Automation technology has moved to front desks. You check in, you know, on an automated terminal. You get a code on your phone. You install an app. That app opens and unlocks your room. No need for the front desk person. No need for the check-in person. You don't need the, the cleaners except once a week. You know, the maintenance and handyman is outsourced to a company that does it cheaper and better. And... The hotel doesn't have to pay any pensions, doesn't have to pay any salaries, doesn't have to pay any health benefits or health insurance. And frankly, this is a whole different rant, but health insurance is what's fucked us all in the first place, you know? And uh, while I liked President Obama, I think that the idea of forcing us all to buy health insurance was a terrible, terrible idea. What they should have done is just said, hey, guess what? Everyone has medical benefits and you don't have to pay an insurance company to get it. You just go when you need medical help and you get it and that's it. But, you know, that's that's like I said a whole different story. But the cost spiraling cost of healthcare that employers are largely uh look to to provide is a lot of what's driving this like cost cutting that's going on. So those employees are freaked out. And they are worried not just about losing their benefits or not making enough money to live in this place where Airbnb has driven up the cost of renting or buying a house to such a level that 70 to 80% of the people who live here and work in those jobs can't afford to ever buy a house here. Because you know what? Why in the world would you rent a house for $1,500 a month to a family who's working and that's, that's a low rent, by the way. For a two-bedroom, one-bath house in Hawaii, that's really low. You're more likely to pay $2,500 or $3,000 for a two-bedroom, one-bath house uh, that's not next to the beach. So why would anybody rent a house for $1,500 a month to a family that's working their asses off to get that when instead they could rent it for $200 a night, 25 nights a month? Do the math there, you know. 2500 times 200 that's a lot more money than 1500 a month 
or 25, 25 times 200, excuse me. Um, that's, that's $5,000 a month. Is that right? I don't know. Uh, my math skills aren't great. That's why I'm not an engineer. Um, anyway, yeah, they make more money with Airbnb. So people have started doing that. And it's not just individual people. Big companies have moved in and started buying these houses and tearing down the small houses and building monster houses so that they can rent 25 rooms in a house through Airbnb without having to pay the hotel, transit tax, the accommodation tax, all that stuff. So the world is changing and it's changing rapidly. And Hawaii is a place that you might consider looking at and seeing how it's changing and how it's not all beneficial. Now, what does that mean for all of us? You know, it means we've got to adapt and we've got to change and we've got to look at the way that we're doing things and we've got to look at different set of values than the values that we've looked at because unfortunately this country, my country, the United States of America, our country, if you're an American too, we've put a focus on companies making profits for shareholders ahead of everything else. So those companies that used to be looked at as a place to provide lifetime employment and benefits and security for workers no longer are that. The workers are the least of their worries. They're more worried about providing benefits for the shareholders. And that's a shame. Now, I don't want to put you off. Come to Hawaii. It's beautiful. You'll enjoy yourself. It's a wonderful place. But it's changing rapidly. And when you get here... Notice that there's no desk person at the airport checking you in. You're using a terminal and you're doing it yourself. When you walk through security, yeah, those people are getting paid. Those are jobs, but they might be jobs that are going away too. And then, you know, when you're on the plane, the flight attendants, you know, they're working more hours for more people for less pay. Pilots, they probably got it pretty good, honestly. But even so, self-driving planes have been a reality for a long time. What pilots actually do is make sure everything works the way it's supposed to and push the right buttons at the right time. Then you arrive and you go through, you know, the taxi. Remember that taxi driver? He's going to get replaced by an Uber driver. And then the Uber driver is going to get replaced by a self-driving Uber vehicle. And then you get to the hotel and you check in with your kiosk and you think it's so cool that you don't even have to talk to another person. You just use your key to check in, your, your phone as your key. And then you decide you don't want the maid coming into your room every day. So, you know, just doing it one day is fine. Anyway, I think you guys get the point. Uh, I've got a lot of sympathy for those people. You know, I don't think that necessarily we should provide jobs and security. Um just for the sake of providing jobs and security. But what we should do is look in the mirror a little bit more often with an eye towards what has changed. Because our world has changed so rapidly that, get this, a few years ago, what were the biggest brands in the world? And what had that been the biggest brands in the world for 100 years? GE, GM, Ford, uh, Coke, IBM, Pepsi, you know, all of those were the biggest brands in the world. What are the biggest brands in the world today? Amazon, Netflix, not CBS, right? Netflix. And Facebook. Brands that didn't exist 20 years ago. And they're the biggest in the world now. And they've replaced those century brands. So the world is changing. Let's look at it more closely. But in the meantime, I wish you guys luck navigating 
the treacherous waters of change, and I hope that you are successful at it, just as I hope that those workers in Waikiki are successful at getting their bosses who are somewhere in Japan or on the mainland America continent, I hope that they're successful in getting some sort of security and some sort of resolution. Um, And I hope that the guests who are coming and staying in those hotels aren't impacted too badly by these people struggling to find a way to support their lives and their families and to live lives with decency and, and respect and a bit of pride. I wish you guys aloha, aloha. Hey guys, if you're looking for more from me, you don't have to go far. Just go to vagobond.com and you'll find links to everything. That's V-A-G-O-B-O-N-D.com. Bond. Vago Bond. Aloha.